There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, folks. Welcome to the podcast. This episode is sponsored by italki. And if you're looking for some one-to-one lessons and speaking time as uh, we move through the summer and into September, then why not check out italki for their services? It's a perfect way to get some speaking practice and some English lessons into your life. Uh, you can have your English lessons through Skype, uh, wherever you want. It's very convenient. You can do it from the comfort of your own home. There are all sorts of teachers with different particular skills. They have a particular set of skills, as you would imagine. And when you buy some speaking time with italki, they will send you a voucher worth a free lesson just because you listen to this podcast. To get that offer, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash talk or click an italki logo on my website. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, Lepsters. Here's a new episode of this podcast, which is dedicated to providing you with listening materials which are engaging, entertaining, educational, and rich with language. This episode is all about the creepy yet potentially vital subject of eating insects. It's based on a couple of news stories and also will contain some nice, chewy, and nutritious bits of vocabulary and common expressions with words relating to insects and creepy crawlies, the environment, food, and more. You should check out the page for this episode on my website where you will find transcriptions, notes, uh, vocabulary lists with definitions, uh, videos, and all sorts of other things. So check out the page for this episode on the website. So, The topic of this episode is all about eating insects, and I've got a news headline for you, a headline from a news story. The headline says this, Britain's first insect restaurant opens. So we're talking about the fact that Britain has opened its first insect restaurant. That's right, a restaurant where you can buy and eat insects. And just when you thought English food was bad enough already, now this... It's called, it's called Grub Kitchen. That's the name of the restaurant. Grub Kitchen, the UK's first insect restaurant, has opened in Haversford West in Wales. Dishes include bug burgers, mealworms, grasshoppers, and cheesy locust croquettes. Mmm, yum, 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 yum. Now, here's some vocab straight off the bat, straight away, okay? Um, So you heard the dishes there were bug burgers, mealworms, grasshoppers, and cheesy locust croquettes. Here's some language. So Grub Kitchen is the name of the restaurant, and it's a kind of a play on words because we have the word grub, which means two things. So grub, um, one meaning of grub is it's just an informal word for food, like let's go and get some grub, for example. So grub is just an informal word for food. The second meaning uh, of that is more relating to insects. So a grub 
is a larva of an insect. This is the kind of the young version of an insect or beetle that looks a bit like a maggot or a worm. You know, before an insect becomes an insect, they're like this little white worm. They're pretty disgusting. Sometimes you might dig in the garden, you'll, you'll dig one up. But it's like a little white worm, and eventually they become insects or beetles and things. So that's a grub. So grub kitchen, it's a kind of a word joke. It's a kitchen where you can get some food. It's also a kitchen where you might eat insects. Well, in fact, you would have to eat insects because that's the only thing that they serve. So that's the word grub. Then we have the word bugs because we had bug burgers. So bugs basically are just any insects at all. So if you're talking about bugs, it means just any insects. Particularly in American English, they will often say bugs when in British English we'll say insects. Uh, The next thing is mealworms or just worms. So these are Again, things that you might find on your plate if you went to Grub Kitchen. Mealworms or worms. Worms are basically like things that live in the ground and that you use when you go fishing. Okay? Right, imagine you're going fishing. You need to get some bait, which you can stick on the hook on the end of your line, which is on the end of your fishing rod, so you can catch a fish. Well, you would probably try and get some some worms, I'd imagine. How do you get worms? Well, you have to pour water on the ground. So you find a patch of grass or something, and you pour lots of water on the ground, and the worms that are in the ground think it's raining, and they come to the surface, I think so that they can avoid drowning. But anyway, it encourages the worms to come to the surface. You know what I mean. They're quite long. They might be about 10 to 15 centimetres long, and they wriggle around worms, okay? So uh, these long and skinny things that burrow in the ground. So at Bug Kitchen, you can get mealworms as well, if you fancy a bit of mealworm for for your lunch. Um, Other insects available there, grasshoppers. A grasshopper. So grasshoppers are insects that live in the grass, and you tend to find them uh, in the summertime in the grass. If you go, I don't know, I don't know where you live, but um, in the UK or maybe in the south of France, if you go into some long grass, you'll probably discover some grasshoppers jumping around. So these are insects that live in the grass, and they jump quite far when you try to catch them. You can imagine trying to catch one and boink, they jump and then fly through the air a little bit and land on another piece of grass. Uh, They're often green and apparently they have their ears on their knees. Did you know that grasshoppers, in fact a few other insects too, have their ears on their knees? Pretty weird. But anyway, grasshoppers, they've got long legs and they can jump very far. That's a grasshopper. And then you've got locusts. Locusts are like big grasshoppers that can fly. And, well, they're in the Bible. You find locusts in the Bible as a plague. Um, Sometimes locusts will gather together in huge swarms. So there'll be thousands of locusts all together in one swarm. And they all fly through the air together like a big cloud, like a plague or something. And they land in fields and they land all over the crops, the plants that are growing in their fields. and, uh, And they eat everything. So that's locusts. They're like big grasshoppers. Uh, you can get locusts there as well. Uh, locust croquettes. So a croquette is basically normally uh, little sort of potato patties, like a little sort of uh, a bit like a little potato burger, but fried. So fried 
locust croquettes. Instead of made of potato, they're, they're made of locusts, of course. Mmm. So an insect restaurant has opened in Wales in the UK. What do you reckon? Bug burgers, anyone? Would you fancy snacking on a, a little bit of in- insect there? Feeling a bit peckish? Why not tuck into a locust croquette or a bug burger or something? Um, here is, um, I'm going to read out some paragraphs from this article, which is um, which was printed or published on theconversation.com. I'm going to read the first three paragraphs and the last paragraph of the article. You can find the article linked on the page for this episode, of course. So, bug burgers, anyone? Why we are opening the UK's first insect restaurant. Now, what do you think? Um, what's, the, what's the point of doing this? I mean... You might not fancy eating insects. Maybe that. Maybe it's a sort of a novelty thing. Like, oh, insects, that seems interesting. I don't know how the restaurant will survive. I don't know if anyone will seriously want to go out and eat insects for dinner. I mean, for me, if it was a choice between a pizza and an insect burger, I think I'd be going for the pizza. But anyway, let's read some more about it. So, first three paragraphs of the article it goes like this there's a buzz in the air at the moment and it's all about entomophagy entomophagy i don't know how to say that entomophagy Uh, if you've not heard this word before it simply means the human practice of eating insects western governments are keen as it has huge potential for feeding growing numbers of people and the livestock that they eat sustainably while on the street, people are daring to try novel and exotic foods. Let me explain some of the vocab there. So, it has huge potential for feeding growing numbers of people and the livestock that they eat. Livestock means all the animals that um, are kept in farms. So, cows, uh, sheep, uh, pigs, that's livestock. Animals that are kept and bred uh, on farms. So, apparently, um, insects or eating insects has huge potential for feeding growing numbers of people and also the animals that we sort of um, rely on. Despite the exotic label, entomophagy is nothing new. Two billion people eat insects every day, and not just in the West. In fact, insects are extremely good for you, and eating them is good for the planet too. That's why Andy Holcroft and I... So, who's this person who wrote this? Anyway, the other... Sarah Bainan. Sarah Bainan wrote this, so... Apparently, uh, insects are really good for you and good for the good for the planet, and that's why Andy Holcroft and Sarah uh, are starting up Grub Kitchen, the UK's first restaurant with insects on the menu full time. We want to champion insects as a sustainable source of protein in modern diets, and have been planning the collaboration for some years. A little bit more vocab. Uh, we, we heard in the previous paragraph, on the street, people are daring to try novel and exotic foods. If you dare to do something, it means you have the courage or the bravery to do it, okay, to dare to do it. People are daring to try novel and exotic foods. Novel means new and interesting, and exotic means different and therefore interesting. Uh, we want to champion insects as a sustainable source of protein in modern diets. To champion something means that you support it. And you, you kind of, um, it's usually something that's kind of new that people don't know about. 
and you support it and you tell everyone about it and you tell everyone about how great it is. For example, if, let's say, BBC Six Music, the radio, the music radio station, they might find uh, a, a new young artist and they would champion that artist by regularly talking about the artist on their radio show and playing their records. So they champion the artist. In this case, we're talking about championing insects as a sustainable source of protein in modern diets so kind of uh, standing up for insects and generally promoting them uh, as a as a new idea hopefully until everyone decides that that it's a good idea too um, a research and education center and a hundred acre working farm so this is the place where grub kitchen is located it's located in a research and education center and a 100 acre working farm so that means basically it's a very large farm 100 acres an acre is a unit of land area used in the imperial and u.s customary systems it's traditionally defined as the area of one chain by one furlong what which is exactly equal to one um 640th of a square mile or forty-three thousand five hundred and sixty square feet okay that's one acre it's like uh f- just over four thousand meters squared it's like four kilometers squared essentially okay that's one acre so it's a 100 acre um uh farm which is where grub kitchen is located um what else do okay so let's carry on so um uh andy is an award-winning chef who's become more and more disillusioned with the unsustainability of conventional restaurants if you're disillusioned by something it means you kind of have lost faith in it you no longer think it's very good. Maybe you've seen certain things about that um, which mean you don't really believe it in believe in it anymore. For example, I've become disillusioned with politics. That's where you just see all the politicians as being self-serving liars and you feel like there's no hope left in politics anymore. You've become disillusioned with politics. Well, Andy has become disillusioned with the unsustainability of conventional restaurants because conventional restaurants are based on a system where we, you know, we need to, um, we have lots of meat in the in the menu and the meat has to be taken from animals which are farmed and the farming of, of livestock takes a lot of resources, it takes up a lot of space and generally it's very bad for the environment as we will find out later on in this episode. So Andy has, has become disillusioned with the unsustainability of conventional or normal restaurants and working together gives us the opportunity to explore the food chain from field to work. So basically, this is a healthier and more environmentally friendly alternative to eating meat. Um, this is the last paragraph of the, uh, of the article. It says, so brace yourselves, meaning get ready. You might be seeing insects on the supermarket shelves before long, and you're welcome to come and dine at Grub Kitchen later in the year. However, even if you don't think that you want to veer into the world of etymophagy, I'm afraid I've got news for you. You already are. You may be eating up to 60 fragments of insects in every 100 grams of chocolate. And whenever you eat a fig, you're eating remnants of a fig wasp. Okay, so it's saying, you know, so get ready. You might be seeing insects more and more on menus and in supermarkets and things. And you're welcome to come and dine at Grub Kitchen. But even if you don't think you want to 
get involved in the world of eating insects, I'm afraid that you already do eat insects because you might be eating up to 60 fragments of insects in every 100 grams of chocolate. And whenever you eat a fig, which is a fruit, you're eating remnants of a fig wasp. So apparently we already eat loads of insects without realising it, that bars of chocolate contain fragments of of insects. And also certain fruits may contain uh, the remains of insects, which maybe at one time or or another ate on the the, the food or maybe used it as a, as a, a place to lay an egg. Like, for example, a fig wasp, apparently they, I I don't know, do they, the remnants of a fig wasp, do fig wasps die inside figs and then just become part of the the fig? I don't know, something like that. But anyway, apparently we eat insects already quite a lot without realising it. Uh, It says, even if you don't think you want to veer into the world of etymophagy, to veer into something is to sort of quickly... Uh, move into something. Now, you might veer with your car. Imagine you're driving along in the car and you see a dog in the road and you would veer to the left or veer to the right. It's turned suddenly. In this case, um, to veer into the world of etymophagy, meaning, you know, quickly move into the world of eating insects. Um, Maybe if you don't feel ready to do that, well, maybe it's already happening because uh, we unwittingly eat Lots of insects in our diets already. So, um, what do you think about this, folks? What do you reckon? I think this brings new meaning to the expression, waiter, there's a fly in my burger. Uh, I don't know if you are familiar with um, with that idea. I mean, familiar with the phrase, waiter, there's a fly in my blah, blah, blah. Like, waiter, there's a fly in my soup, for example. Now, this, um, this line is from a sort of typical joke or a cliched restaurant complaint. Waiter, there's a fly in my soup is, a, is the beginning of a typical joke. It's like a cliched restaurant complaint and usually it has a funny response from the waiter. For example, waiter, there's a fly in my soup. Or it could be, waiter, what's this, what's this fly doing in my soup? And the waiter says, it looks like backstroke, sir. Backstroke is a, uh, a, a, f- a way to swim. It's a swimming stroke. You've got backstroke, you've got breaststroke, you've got front crawl, you've got butterfly. Butterflies, that could be quite a good punchline. Uh, waiter, there's an ins- what's this insect in my soup? No, no. What's this insect doing in my soup? Butterfly? No, it doesn't really work. What's this insect doing in my soup? Backstrokes are hilarious. Um, actually, my brother once found a fly in his cake in a restaurant in our hometown when we were kids. We were eating... Uh, in a restaurant and my brother found a fly a dead fly in his cake and he complained to the waiter he said waiter excuse me there's a fly in my cake and the waiter said oh that'll be extra sir ha 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 very funny indeed there are some more there are some more waiter there's a fly in my soup jokes here let's have a little look diddly do diddly do waiter there's a fly in my soup don't worry sir that spider on your bread will soon get him hmm Waiter, do you have frog's legs? Meaning, waiter, do you have frog's legs on the menu? Waiter, do you have frog's leg legs? No, sir, I've always walked like this. Mm-hmm. Waiter, this egg is bad. Don't blame me, sir. I only laid the table. Oh, oh dear. This egg is bad. Don't blame me. I only laid the table. Because chicken lay eggs. 
but waiters will lay tables, meaning they'll put all the stuff down on the table. Waiter, this egg is bad. Don't blame me, sir. I only laid the table. I didn't lay the egg. <laughs> and finally, waiter, there's a fly in the butter. And the waiter says, yes, sir, it's a butterfly. Okay, you get the idea. You can see it's um, kind of a cliched joke. So, waiter, waiter, this this brings new meaning to waiter, there's a fly in my salad. Imagine if you didn't realise that this was an insect restaurant, that somehow you went into the restaurant without realising it was an insect restaurant and you order a salad and it comes and then you see this full of uh, insect and you say, waiter, excuse me, there appears to be an insect in my salad. And the waiter says, yes, that's right, sir. It's the grasshopper salad. Would you like some salt and pepper? Or or should I say wasp eyes and ant heads? Um, So some thoughts and questions. What do you think about this? Would you eat at Grub Kitchen? Would you eat there? Have you ever eaten an insect? I know that uh, lots of people do eat insects around the world. And sometimes people eat insects as a sort of a, a dare like, I dare you to eat an insect or, or something like that. But have you ever eaten an insect? I have actually, not just as a little kid playing in the garden, but um, I ate ins- I've eaten insects, I think, a couple of times. One time in particular, I remember, I was living in Japan and I was in my local bar that I used to go to every weekend and I'd had a few beers, so I was feeling quite relaxed and quite calm and casual. And a Japanese friend came in and he had a plastic lunchbox... And he said to me, look, 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 look at this. And he pulled open the top of the lunchbox and inside were loads of grasshoppers and they'd all been cooked. I think they'd been fried in soy sauce and sugar or soy sauce and honey or something. So they were like sticky glazed uh, grasshoppers cooked. And he said, look, have one of these. And, and I was like, oh, all right then. So I picked one up and chewed on it and it was actually pretty good it was quite sweet quite sticky and the it was a bit crunchy and it's sort of a bit it tasted a bit like prawns like seafood or something so there it was but it was a bit weird looking into the box and seeing all these in all these insects in there it was a bit creepy so i don't know about you have you ever eaten an insect in fact do you eat insects regularly you might do leave your comments in the comments section we'd like to know about your insect eating experiences and habits um could you eat insects for dinner every day could you imagine that you might be able to eat insects once or twice as a dare or something but could you eat insects for dinner every day what's for dinner darling it's insects oh again yes that's right uh what about tonight? What have we got for dinner? Yeah, insects again. Okay. What's for lunch? Insects. And dinner? Just a load of insects. What about lunch? Worms? And breakfast? Just tons of worms and insects and beetles. Oh, that that would get very horrible very quickly, I think. I think maybe one meal I could handle it, but I don't think I could do it every day. Forever. Ugh. What if, but what if they didn't look like insects? Would that make a difference? If you're eating stuff, you don't really know what it is, but it, it, it doesn't look like insects. For example, they've turned the insects into a sort of a protein paste and they can make it into burgers and other things like chicken nuggets. But it's actually insect protein paste. I think it would be more feasible that I could eat insects every day if they didn't look like insects, to be honest. And then the, the other question I've got here is, are you squeamish? If you're squeamish, it means that you're sensitive to disgusting things, like you're sensitive to things like the sight of insects and creepy crawlies, uh, 
or you might be sensitive to things like blood and uh, and and explicit images like that. So are you squeamish? If you are squeamish, it won't help when we have to start eating insects for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Uh, that won't help if you're squeamish. So are you squeamish? Could you actually eat an insect? Now, how do they actually cook these insects? We're going to listen to a video uh, with... What's his name? What's the guy's name? What's his name? The, the chef. Oh, Andy Holcroft. Okay, so let's listen to Andy Holcroft uh, as he um, cooks some locusts. So I'd like you to just try and identify his recipe. Okay, listen carefully. What's the recipe and what do his locusts taste like? Here we go. Locusts, the best way i found to cook them is actually to pan fry them. At the moment, these insect ingredients are imported. But the couple's long-term aim is to commercially breed their own bugs locally. So obviously I like to enhance the flavour of the locust. And what better than honey and a little bit of chilli. And also I fry it in a little bit, little bit of butter as well. The first thing you'll taste will be this nice honey flavour with a little bit of heat from the cayenne pepper. And when you start to eat them a little bit, you'll get the flavour of the locusts will come through. And they're really nice and almost meaty, almost like a prawn. I mean, effectively, they are basically a land prawn. You see, in Africa, kids go to school with strings of locusts, you know, and that's their, that's their lunch. And I think, yeah, as a, as a high-protein snack to eat on the fly, I think locusts would be brilliant. With the locusts, pull the legs off. They tend to get stuck in the throat otherwise, OK? Sort of singy. It's just, yeah, earthy, sort of. I'm not quite sure. OK, there's a little video with Andy Holcroft describing how he prepares his locusts. So the recipe, he, he pan-fries the locusts. So he fries them in a frying pan on the top of the cooker. And he enhances the flavour with honey and a little bit of chilli, chilli pepper. And he, he also fries it in a little bit of butter. The flavour of the locusts, uh, he describes it as being almost meaty, like a prawn. He says, effectively, they're basically a land prawn. So like kind of a prawn that you find on the land, basically. And, and it's true, when you eat prawns, it's, it's pretty much like you're eating insects from the sea. Um, and you heard someone say you have to pull the legs off first because the legs tend to get stuck in the throat. Oh, that's not very nice. Although I remember eating uh, those grasshoppers. I did find that the, the legs got stuck between my teeth, which is not very nice. And then you heard a kid there describing uh, himself eating um, these locusts, and he said they're zingy. I think that's the chili, the chili pepper that he can taste there. It's, he describes that as being zingy, meaning kind of a zingy taste, and earthy. So uh, earthy, uh, I guess that's the flavour of the prawn. Now I don't know how you feel about the just the prospect of eating insects, you might think, no, no, thanks. Not for me. Thank you. I'll stick to chicken and, and burgers and pizza and, uh, you know, all the normal things. Thank you. But uh, eating insects may actually be the, the answer to many of our problems in the future. Why? Well, uh, here we go. I'm going to let you listen to a video from The Economist which is entitled, Why Eating Insects Makes Sense. 
Okay, so listen to this video from The Economist and try to identify some reasons why insects might be the answer to our problems. Which problems do you think those might be? Well, probably environmental issues, you'd imagine. And we will go through the language afterwards. I'll be explaining all the language. This episode is, is full of language, not just language for insects and creepy crawlies, but also language to describe food and preparing and eating food, but also language um, to describe the environment and various other issues that uh, are faced by the human race um, these days. Uh, so big topics. So listen to this video. Identify why insects might be the answer to our problems. Okay, why are insects the answer to our problems? Here we go. The world's population is projected to reach 11 billion by the end of the century. Feeding that many people will be a challenge, and it is further complicated by the impact of climate change on agriculture. That is why some people advocate an unusual way to boost the food supply and feed people sustainably, by eating less meat and more insects. About 2 billion people already eat bugs. Mexicans enjoy chili-toasted grasshoppers. Thais tuck into cricket stir-fries, and Ghanaians snack on termites. Insects are slowly creeping onto Western menus as novelty items, but most people remain squeamish. Yet there are three reasons why eating insects makes sense. First, they are healthier than meat. There are nearly 2,000 kinds of edible insects, many of them packed with protein, calcium, fibre, iron and zinc. A small serving of grasshoppers can contain about the same amount of protein as a similar-sized serving of beef, but has far less fat and far fewer calories. Second, raising insects is cheap or free. Little technology or investment is needed to produce them. Harvesting insects could provide livelihoods to some of the world's poorest people. Finally, insects are a far more sustainable source of food than livestock. Livestock production accounts for nearly a fifth of all greenhouse gas emissions. That's more than transport. By contrast, insects produce relatively few greenhouse gases, and raising them requires much less land and water. And they'll eat almost anything. Despite all this, most Westerners find insects hard to swallow. One solution is to use protein extracted from bugs in other products, such as ready meals and pasta sauces. Not having to look at the bugs and emphasising the environmental benefits might make the idea of eating insects a bit more palatable. OK, so that was the video from The Economist. By the way, you can see that video on the page for this episode. The video has subtitles, which you can switch on on YouTube. And also there's an, an entire transcript uh, available there on the page so that you can read every single word that you just heard and also the link to the relevant page on the economist's website so here's a quick summary and i'm going to go through the uh i'm going to go through the language uh in a moment too but here's a quick summary uh of those reasons based on that video um for why eating insects makes sense uh, and this is me just paraphrasing what you just heard in the video. I'll be going through the language in a moment. So first of all, the world population is expected to be 11 billion by the end of the century. That's a that's a hell of a lot of people. If you feel like Oxford Circus on a Saturday is already crowded, that's nothing compared to what things are going to be like by the end of the century. It's going to be hard to feed everyone. I don't know if you've ever had guests at your place. 
Uh, I don't know if you've ever invited guests over for dinner. Well, 11 guests, for example, is a lot of people to feed. 11 guests is probably too many, to be honest. But imagine 11 billion, 11 billion people, that really takes the biscuit. Okay, that really takes the biscuit. I mean, that's really sort of uh, too much. It really takes the biscuit. And in this case, the biscuit is made out of, I don't know, it's made out of bees. Anyway, 11 billion people is a lot of people to feed. It's a big problem. Climate change is going to make it hard to grow all the foods, all the food, and keep animals. And there will need to be more animals too in order to feed all the people. So unless we start to eat each other or something, or become zombies, or become zombies and eat each other, um, we will have to find some other kind of solution. We're running out of space, and farmed animals, with all of their gas and their farting, you know, they're just constantly... I don't know if they do it like that. Have you ever heard a cow or a pig fart like that? I don't think so. They're, They're probably a lot more silent. The cow... When they do fart, it's usually the silent but deadly, isn't it? They've, they're, I think they're quite sort of, sort of relaxed, aren't they? At the back end, a cow. I don't know. It probably wouldn't make much noise. It's silent but deadly. Anyway, with all their gas and their farting, these farmed animals are making the situation much, much worse. Apparently, they actually produce more greenhouse gases than transport does. So, livestock produce more gases than cars and buses and motorbikes and all that stuff. Uh, That is a lot of methane. I think it's methane. Is it methane that animals produce? Farts, basically. They just, they eat grass and fart a lot all day and they're filling up the atmosphere with dodgy greenhouse gases. So we're running out of space and if we keep farming and eating these fart machines, sorry, I I mean animals, like we do now, then we won't be able to feed everyone and we'll completely ruin the climate. Animals take up quite a lot of space and also we use lots of space to grow their food. Apparently, insects are a solution. Just when you thought that insects were a problem that you had to get rid of. Uh, Apparently, no, now they're a solution. Because, I mean, previously, every single run-in that you had with an insect was a bad one right? I mean, it's still true. Every single run-in that you have with an insect, I think, is usually a bad one. Because either they're trying to bite you, or sting you, or steal your food, or shit on something that you own. They're in your car, they're in your ear at night, and sometimes they're in the bathroom, in the bath. They're generally uh, a problem. Uh, We generally don't get along with insects very well. Have you ever had a close-up look at an insect? Have you ever looked at one really, really close? They're actually quite sort of frightening in a way. They're, they're horrible little monsters. Imagine a massive one. It would be terrifying. Also, there's something naturally within us which is disgusted by insects, I think. Maybe something, some instinct which tells us that we should keep away from them. These little creepy, crawly things with legs and wings. Ugh. It sort of makes you feel itchy, doesn't it? When you think about insects maybe crawling on your skin, it makes you want to scratch. Oh, you want to scratch just at the name of them. Insects. Oh, insects. Scratch, scratch, scratch. Itchy, itchy, itch, itch. So we've always thought of insects as a problem. Imagine one climbing up your trouser leg now. We've always thought of insects as a problem. But now 
they might just be the solution to our problems. Uh, about 2 million people in the world already eat insects. Mexicans eat chili-toasted grasshoppers. Thais in Thailand eat stir-fries with crickets. Ghanaians in Ghana eat termites. And in other places, people eat grubs and scorpions and spiders. Mmm, yum, yum, yum. So it's already happening. And if it's okay for them, why not for everyone else too? What are the arguments against eating insects? What are the arguments against them? Is it because they're bad for you? Well, they're no basis for a healthy diet. Is it because in eating insects eventually turns you into an insect? A bit like Jeff Goldblum in The Fly. You just start twitching and growing big hairs on your back and climbing on the ceiling. Is that what happens? Well, eating insects is not bad for you. In fact, it's healthier than red meat. There are over 2,000 edible insects and they're all flying towards your face now. Sorry, I mean that there are are over 2,000 edible insects and they contain calcium and protein and zinc and fibre and iron. One serving of grasshopper and a similar serving of beef have about the same amount of protein, but the grasshoppers contain fewer calories. But I bet it doesn't taste as good as a nice bacon cheeseburger, though, does it? Oh, something so tasty about that. But apparently, no, we may have to give those up. Instead of having a bacon cheeseburger, we're going to have to have a a grasshopper and ant burger. Mm, Not sure it sounds quite as good. But it's really, really cheap to raise insects. You hardly need any technology or anything. I guess you don't really need to move them around very much. You keep them in a contained space. You provide food. And Bob's your uncle. You've just got loads of insects. Now, it might be like going to work in a horror film, but you certainly don't need to worry about the mountains of shit that cows produce on a daily basis, which can be a little bit difficult to deal with. Or all of the complications relating to how you breed uh, livestock. Getting big animals to have sex with each other already feels a bit weird, to be honest. Like, why are we here watching them do it and in fact making them have sex in the first place and then watching? Why are we doing this? It feels weird. It feels wrong. It also is quite difficult logistically just to get the animals together. But on the other hand or should I say, on the other leg, (laughs) insects are really low maintenance and actually quite randy. They love having sex with each other and they, they are not picky. You don't really have to do anything to make insects have sex with each other. They're just always at it. They shag like rabbits, basically, if those rabbits were insects or somehow made of insects. Basically, they shag each other a lot and they have no standards at all. They'll do any other insects. They don't care. They don't have Tinder. It's just swipe right every time for insects. But joking aside, this could really help uh, producers and farmers who don't have much money for equipment or facilities, and they can generally save space, time and resources. Insects are generally better at growing and surviving uh, than mammals like cows and sheep, which you have to look after pretty carefully. Mammals are prone to disease and are far more sensitive than insects. They don't take criticism very well either. For example, if you say to a cow, oh, you're really bad at being a cow, you're a rubbish, you're shit at being a cow, the way you eat grass is pathetic. They're they're very sensitive. They can be affected by that. They're rubbish, basically, mammals, whereas insects are hardcore. 
You can say anything you like to an insect, they just don't give a shit at all. Someone once said that if there was a nuclear holocaust, if we had a nuclear war, the only survivors would be insects and maybe Keith Richards. Insects are also way better for the environment than mammals. Livestock, yes, that's cows, sheep, pigs and so on. Livestock account for over one-fifth of greenhouse gas emissions in the world because they fart so much. That's more than transport. It's more than cars. Apparently cows fart a lot and that's a massive amount of fart gas clogging up our atmosphere. But insects don't produce many emissions. They're very discreet. Uh, and you need less food and water to raise them. Insects will pretty much eat anything. They're so easy to farm, even if, like I said before, it's a bit like working with aliens from the movie Aliens, but just much smaller every day, and then eating them. Imagine that, just every day, being an insect farmer. It's like working with loads of little aliens, and then you eat them. But the downside is... Nobody in the Western world or the developed world or whatever you want to call it, nobody really wants to eat them. We're just not predisposed to finding insects appealing. We are naturally turned off by them. We naturally find them disgusting. We, just, we think they're flipping disgusting, basically. Uh, insects? No thanks. That's disgusting. But maybe there are other ways of eating insects. You don't, re- ne- you don't necessarily need to eat a fly sandwich. If we took the protein from insects and just added that to our food in other ways, like maybe adding it to pasta sauce or veggie burgers, that would make them easier to swallow, both literally and metaphorically. If we want to survive in the future, we need to tolerate certain changes. Eating insects might be something that we'll just have to accept. It might be a case of just, well, eat some insects or breathe nothing but fart gas until you die. Just deal with it, basically. I think it's time for the human race to just man up and chow down on some bug meat or it's bye-bye planet Earth. Now, I would love it if the world embraced this idea and didn't just go, no, no, I don't, I don't want it. Screw the planet. I'm not eating a worm. It would be amazing if the whole human race didn't do that and instead just went with the whole thing and just said, yep, yeah, okay, this is fine. I understand it's insects or or nothing. So bring on the insects. Come on, it, let, let's get crazy. It's dinner time. Let me stuff some bugs in my face. That would be quite cool if the human race actually did that, but I somehow doubt it. Because the thing is, you probably wouldn't wouldn't be eating insects the way they, that they normally look. This is the thing, okay? If, they, when, if and when this actually happens, we probably won't be eating insects the way they normally look. We won't be sticking bugs and grubs and things into our mouths. What we'd probably do is harvest the insects and then basically turn them into a kind of protein powder, which could be turned into all sorts of other things, like a sort of generic matter like a generic protein paste, which could be made into a burger, or it could be made, made into mincemeat, it could be made into chicken nuggets or anything. A bit like at McDonald's, where I suspect that they just have a gen- generic pow- uh, powder paste stuff, and they just put it into a machine, and thunk, that becomes a burger, and thunk, that becomes some fries, and thunk, that becomes a milkshake. It's basically made from the same generic stuff, isn't it? I don't know how McDonald's works, but I always thought it was just put this goo into this machine and thunk, out comes a a happy meal. 
I don't know. Maybe that's what they'll be able to do in the future. They'll just be able to turn it into a generic protein paste and just thunk burger, thunk chicken fries. Chicken fries? Why not? If we're making stuff up. So I can't wait for McDonald's to launch its first bug burger. I think that would be interesting. Uh, And I think if and when that happens, I think we will have turned a corner somehow. So let's look at some vocab items from that Economist video. Again, I said you can watch the video again. It's on the page for this episode. There's also a full transcript. Let me go through some of the language that you heard in the video. So uh, the the human population is projected to reach 11 billion by the end of the century. So it's projected to to reach. When you make a prediction about numbers, if you're talking about numbers predicted in the future, often based on figures and data that we have now, if we look at the data now and we're able to make a prediction about the way that they, the, the data will change in the future, we talk about projections. We talk about doing projections and we talk about things being projected. For example, you might talk about projected sales turnover for year one, year two or year th- three when you're pitching uh, a new company to investors. Let's say you've got a new company, a new business. Let's say it's a, it's an insect kitchen and you are looking for investment so you can get your business started. You need to pitch the new company to uh, potential investors and they want to know, for example, how much money you expect to make in the next three years. So you give them your projected sales turnover, for example. In this case, um, the, the, the population of the planet uh, is projected to reach 11 billion by the end of the century. Whew, that's a lot of people. Some people advocate an unusual way to boost the food supply. So to advocate something means to argue something or to defend something, to stand up for something or to support something. For example, to advocate for the legalization of cannabis or to advocate for the introduction of insects into our food supply. To advocate something. Um, Now, the next one is uh, to feed people sustainably by eating less meat and more insects, to feed people sustainably. These days, with the environment being such an important factor affecting everything, we talk more and more about sustainability, things being sustainable, and doing things sustainably. And to do something sustainably means that you do it so that it can continue going in the future. For example, sustainable agriculture means farming in a way that protects the land that you're farming on so that you don't use up all of the resources and ensure that the land continues to produce food in the future. That would be sustainable farming or sustainable agriculture. Similarly, sustainable development is a key type of civil engineering in today's world. It's all about making sure that the environment, the economy and society are maintained at certain levels as we move forward into the future. And insects could be a way to feed people sustainably, meaning a way to give people food in a way that means the environment isn't damaged as we go into the future. So this is a way to feed people sustainably. Um, Then we heard about, we heard a couple of different expressions which basically mean to eat something. We had Thais, uh, or people in Thailand, tuck into cricket stir fries. To tuck into something means to eat something. Mm, Yum, 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 to tuck into something. And Ghanaians, or people in Ghana, snack on termites. So it's another word to mean to eat, to snack on something, to have something as a snack. So to tuck into something and to snack on something. 
insects are slowly creeping onto Western menus as novelty items. So creeping onto menus. Insects are slowly creeping onto Western menus. To creep onto something means to move slowly onto something. Also, insects creep. This is the way that they move. They creep around because they've got little, they've got their legs and the way that they move would be described as creeping. We call them creepy crawlies because they crawl around and they're kind of creepy. So insects can creep onto our menus. They would move slowly onto our menus. Or other things can creep onto menus too. You might find that as uh, certain types of food become more and more popular, they start to creep onto menus. So they start to slowly appear on menus. Like, for example, kale, which I guess is a form of... uh, What is kale? It's a form of uh, cabbage, I think. It's a form of cabbage which is becoming more and more popular because it's considered to be very healthy. So you might find that kale is creeping onto menus more and more. So we had insects are slowly creeping onto Western menus. It's a kind of a joke, isn't it? They're creeping onto Western menus as novelty items. So novelty items are usually quite interesting, original and popular because they're new. Uh, It's also a word for a little toy, a novelty like an interesting and enjoyable original little thing and something that's new. So digital watches used to be a novelty. Uh, The Nintendo Game Boy was a novelty. Fidget spinners were a novelty a couple of years ago. Novelty items. New, interesting, original things. They're things that are kind of interesting and and, uh, original because they're new and they're popular. Um, A novelty is something that's novel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, What else? We had this. People... Most people remain squeamish. So we had the word squeamish already. It means sensitive to disgusting things, like you can't handle the sight of an insect crawling in the bath or something, or you don't like to see blood uh, if you're squeamish. There are, new, there are nearly 2,000 kinds of edible insects. If something is edible, it means it's possible to eat. Okay? If something's edible, it's possible to eat. And if it's drinkable, it's possible to drink. Um, 2,000 kinds of edible insects, and many of them are packed with protein, calcium, fibre, iron, and zinc. So if something is packed with something, it means it's full of something. This food is packed with nutrients, means the food is full of nutrients. A small serving of grasshoppers. A serving of grasshoppers. So food uh, is given to you in e- either in servings or in helpings. If it's a serving, it means that someone else has served it to you. For example, here's a serving of potatoes. If it's a helping, it means that you helped yourself to it. That means you put the potatoes on your plate yourself. So I had three helpings of potatoes, or they gave me three servings of potatoes. Okay? Servings and helpings. Um, uh, Also, you heard, raising insects is cheap or free. To raise an insect means to bring up an insect or to help insects to grow. Okay? Uh, Help insects, help uh, something grow. You can raise uh, children, you can raise animals, but you grow plants. Okay? Then we've got harvesting insects could provide livelihoods to some of the world's poorest people. Harvesting, this means growing or cultivating things like crops but also insects and then collecting them all for money or food it happens generally at the end of the summer you can imagine during the spring and the summer all of the plants the crops in the fields are growing and then at the end of the summer they're all harvested they're all cut down 
So to harvest insects means to, you know, grow or raise, or produce insects and then collect them all, which to be sold or eaten. Harvesting insects could provide livelihoods to some of the world's poorest people. A livelihood is something that you can live on. So it's like a, a way in which you can live. It could be, you know, harvesting insects or it could be producing, uh, you know, cotton or collecting nuts from trees. This is a livelihood. It's a way in which you can survive, uh, uh, something you can live from. Insects are far more sustainable than, uh, sorry, insects are a far more sustainable source of food than livestock. So sustainable, there's that word sustainable again, we've already talked about that. And livestock we've had before, it means live animals kept in farms in fairly large numbers. And um, then finally, we said, um, <clears throat> most Westerners find insects hard to swallow. So hard to swallow has got two meanings. The literal meaning is it's difficult to swallow it. So difficult to you know to swallow put something in your mouth and then you swallow it means that you, you it goes down into your stomach to swallow but also if something's hard to swallow it means it's hard to accept for example i find brexit hard to swallow i find that hard to accept because i feel like it's just a really bad mistake i find brexit hard to swallow most westerners find insects hard to swallow difficult to accept but also difficult to eat Okay, you could listen to the video again if you want to, to check out all that stuff and uh, to notice the vocab again. I recommend that you do that. Um, but that pretty much brings us to the end of this episode. What do you think, folks? What do you think about the subject of eating insects? Are you up for it? Have you ever already done it? Could you imagine eating actual insects or um, just eating sort of uh, food which is made from insect powder? It's, a, it's an interesting idea, but all the evidence seems to suggest that this is going to uh, really help us and save us. I don't know what you think about that. What about the ethical issues around eating insects? If you're a vegetarian, does, it, I mean, does that extend to insects as well? Do, we, do you consider insects to be, um, you know, do they have the same right to live as, as mammals do? Because I, I've always found it weird that some vegetarians say, yes, I'm a vegetarian, but I eat fish. It's like, why? What's, what, fish aren't animals? Why do, you, why do you eat fish if you're a vegetarian? You know, that doesn't make sense. Like, just because it lives in water, that means that they don't deserve, you know, they're like, yeah, well, you know, I, I'm a vegetarian because I respect the, the rights of animals. But fish are scum and we should eat them all. I don't know uh, how this is going to affect uh, the way vegetarians approach eating food. Let us know, basically. You should get into the comments section on the website and give your thoughts. Um, loads of questions. Have you ever eaten an insect? Which one did you eat? How was it prepared? How did it taste? Could you eat them every day? What about if they didn't look like insects? Is this the answer? Is there another solution to the problems that, we've, that we are facing with the environment and stuff like that? And generally, what do you think about all of this? I'd love to read your comments. So do get stuck into the comments section and let us know what's going on there. Now, I've got more language. I've got more stuff here. I've got phrases, uh, idioms and expressions and verbs and other nice little bits of language, all relating to insects and creepy crawlies. So idioms and expressions for insects. Now, I'm going to have to uh, I'm going to leave this episode here, but there will be a premium episode in which I go through the idioms and expressions relating to insects and creepy crawlies. So any premium listeners will be able to uh, listen to that 
uh, and as usual, there'll be a PDF that accompanies it. Uh, that'll be for the premium subscribers. Uh, if you're not a premium subscriber, you should get stuck in there and, and, and sign up, teacherluke.co.uk slash premium. And in every premium episode, I'm teaching you something. It's a way to kind of, um, what's the word for it, sort of... Uh, fast track your English learning. We really focus on really getting stuck into the vocab, the grammar and the pronunciation. And, um, you know, I work hard on producing my premium episodes and um, as much as possible, I make them as useful as I can. And they're there to help you learn and they, they're an ideal support for the podcast. In many cases, I'm picking apart language that you've heard in the podcast and explaining it and making sure that you've really properly got it and just helping you doing all the work that you might find difficult to do and making it really easy for you and you can listen to the premium episodes in the app and on the uh, internet and all that stuff so check out premium teacherluke.co.uk slash premium sign up and then you'll be able to listen to the uh, the, the episode i'm going to do which will be all about these idioms and expressions relating to insects and creepy crawlies all things that we actually do use regularly and there that includes a few expressions which we've already heard in this episode which you may not have even realized for example there's a buzz in the air and to do something on the fly both very common very useful expressions uh, so commonly useful that they both came up in this episode. I don't know if you noticed that, but there'll be more of that kind of thing in the premium episode about insects and creepy crawly idioms and expressions. But for this normal episode of the podcast, uh, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, if you're feeling squeamish, I hope that you didn't mind the descriptions of some of the creepy crawlies and things like that. Uh, have a lovely uh, lunch, dinner, breakfast, snack, or whatever it is that you're doing. Enjoy tucking into your sandwich and just imagine that in 10 years maybe that will be full of uh worms and uh cockroaches and things i don't know <laughs> i don't know exactly how that's going to turn out um thanks for listening speak to you again soon but for now goodbye bye 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 bye, bye, bye. thanks for listening to luke's english podcast for more information visit teacherluke.co.uk A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.